Hey, I'm Megan Muscat here with Danielle Como. This season, we are focusing in on harassment, and in this episode, we'll be combining a discussion of physical abuse and disability abuse. Yes, we understand this is a touchy subject, but it is very broad, and we are going to do our best to start the conversation about these kinds of abuse that are often silenced and overlooked. Alright, so we're going to start with physical abuse, and the majority of of abusive behavior and tendencies target towards minorities such as children, women, and people of color or ethnicity, and we will be mentioning child abuse and neglect, domestic and relationship abuse, and how they all link together. So if that's not something you want to listen to, please just don't listen to this podcast right now, and we'll see you guys in our next um, podcast. But We're also not limiting any experiences had by men or their encounters in this area. It's just a fact that these minority groups struggle with abuse more often. And from the National Children's Alliance, nearly 700,000 children are abused in the United States annually, with neglect being the most common form of mistreatment. And it's been proven that the youngest children are the most vulnerable to this occurrence, and about four out of five of the abusers are the vi- of the victims are the parents. Right, so with this being said and knowing this information, on average, 24 people per minute are victims of rape, physical violence, or stalking by an intimate partner in the United States. This also averages to about 12 million men and women are affected each year. Guys, just let that number sink in. 12 million. I could go on and on with all of these facts, and figures from the National Domestic Violence Hotline, but I think you get the point. If any of our listeners are afraid you are in an unsafe or abusive environment, please call 1-800-799-SAFE. Again, that's 1-800-799-7233, or access their website now. Domestic abuse, child abuse, or neglect of any kind for that matter is never acceptable, and you can get help, and it will get better. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for that information. And their number and website will also be posted in our episode description if you do need this information, which hopefully you don't, but I do suggest to put it in like your phone's notes or write it down or something just just in case cuz you never know like what goes on today. And any kind of abuse again circles back to the det- detrimental effects it has on one's mental health. And yeah, we did touch on this in the last episode, but I think it's really important to mention it again and bring awareness to it. And physical abuse doesn't just happen in the home. It can literally happen anywhere, even in a fraternity or a sorority. And I used to be in a sorority for a fucking year. I don't even understand. I was I was brainwashed into thinking it was the best thing on earth, like, honestly. Um... Yeah, I dropped that shit real quick. (laughs) I don't recommend you joining one. Like, I mean, I guess it depends what school it is. Um, I do recommend academic frats, which are co-ed. I was in Phi Alpha Delta, which is for pre-law, and I recommend those. But I don't really recommend social ones. Like, I just think it's dumb now. I mean, honestly... I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. I thought it was the best thing in the world, but now looking back, now that I'm out of it, mm, never again. But anyways, circling back, 
Um, physical abuse that can happen within those organizations is pretty much hazing. Um, most schools today have a no hazing policy, but you goddamn know that shit still happens. Like, who are they trying to fucking play? It's just like, as long as you don't get caught, that's how it is. Um, I have an article with me. Last semester, I wrote a paper on Greek life. Um, well, my teacher wanted me to write on the negative aspects of Greek life. And I was like, I really don't want to do that because I love my sorority. And he was like, I just want you to try. So one thing I talked about in my essay was hazing. And this one is an article from Risk Management Foundation, which is the company or organization that controls everything that happens within a frat or a sorority like that has to deal with um hazing or like just risk management I guess like say someone got hurt or um someone did something bad um so the title of this article is called dry bid day turns into alcohol fueled bid night Warner versus Sigma Chi. And the um, university that this happened at was Southeastern University, which I don't even fucking know where that is, but <laughs> anyways, it was with the Chi Alpha chapter of Sigma Chi, and over the summer, there were new rules put in place regarding bid day and frat parties. So basically what the rule was that bid day um, could not have alcohol at all like it had to be alcoholic alcohol free of course when there's frats there's always alcohol like you can't just have one and not the other like they go together so basically um at the bid day celebration there was no issue like they were fine but after bid day they threw a party and since it wasn't really considered bid day it was just a regular party even though they were like on the low this is a bid day celebration but they just never stated that it was there was obviously kegs and like alcohol and shit like that but um so the new brothers were forced to play um drinking games and shortly after midnight tom warner who is um the guy that this happened to, he disappeared and everyone was looking for him until someone said he went home, which obviously he didn't. The next day he was found underneath a bridge passed out with head trauma and he was forced to withdraw from the school because of how bad it was. And now the parents are in a lawsuit with the fraternity because like of how like bad that shit is like you don't realize how much dumb shit frats do and sororities too like not gonna lie um one of the sororities at my old school their bid day celebration was to do coke in the chapter room not the sorority i was in not that one but one of them on campus and like that's just that's disgusting like how dumb do you have to be like that's fucking stupidity but, um, anyways, so, it's just, that's a form of physical abuse that can happen, I guess, is hazing. And another experience I've had with that, um, 
so a frat that I'm not gonna name because I don't want to get like not lawsuit but like I don't want to get in trouble but anyways um a frat asked me to perform hazing stuff on someone um I said no I ended up going to Disney Springs with Megan and I think someone else but because I accidentally forgot that sarcasm right there if you can't tell but they asked me to um make sure the little drinks a lot it was bit it was big little reveal and he so what I don't really understand it but from what I got from it the little has to go from each sorority house and drink until they throw up basically and I don't know that's just not my thing if I got caught I would get in a lot of trouble too so I was like nah like that's not even worth getting in trouble for like that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard and yeah that's just gross but the sorority I was in um there's a no hazing policy on campus on our my old campus and (laughs) of course no one fucking listens to that um basically our hazing was not physical it was more mental I guess I don't know like they would say stuff and I don't know it was really shady but basically I guess an example would be um apparently we didn't have to wear business clothes because we weren't initiated yet but no one told us that we didn't have to wear it so every chapter we would wear it like that in a way is a form of hazing because it's hard to explain but low-key it is if that makes sense (laughs) Yes, bro, Theta at Stetson University was so fucking shady. Like, it was just weird, and all the girls in it were weird, and I didn't even go there. I just, like, visited Danielle, like, I don't know, maybe, like, twice a month, twice or three times a month, and I would sometimes go in the chapter room, like, to hang out, watch TV, or whatever we were doing, and everyone was just so creepy. Like, it, it felt like a cult. Like, dead ass. Like, I'm not even exaggerating or anything. Like, it was literally a cult, in a sense. And it was just weird. Like, you ever step in somewhere and you just get, like, this weird off vibe? Like, that's how it always felt. Like, mm, it was just weird. So, um, even though, again, like, I don't have any experience in a fraternity or sorority or anything like that I just knew that it wasn't from it wasn't for me and I just wasn't about all of that like being surrounded by girls and like ah, I don't know I don't even know how to put it into words it's just weird but um adding on to what you said about Southeastern University um Southeastern University is actually located in Lakeland Florida and that's it's kind of like northwest florida and um of course it's in fucking florida that's where all the crackheads go but um the interesting thing about this is that southeastern university is a private university and you may not expect these things from like a private university you may expect it to be more like 
more strict about their policies, but guess what? Stetson was a private university, and they had so much weird shit happen there, so I wouldn't be surprised. But also, I think FSU, Florida State University, located in Tallahassee, they just banned completely all of their sororities and fraternities. Like, they're, I think it's um, expired is the word. I don't know what the word is, but they, oh, expelled. They expelled all of their frats and sororities because of a hazing issue so bad that, like, they they just expelled them all. You know, if you were in a sorority, if you were in a fraternity, like, you weren't in it anymore, and those clubs were no longer a thing. They the houses and wherever they stayed at, like, I don't know what it's called, but it was shut down. You had to find alternate housing. And that's just how serious it was at FSU, Florida State University. But even at UCF, at um, University of Central Florida, where I go, there has been hazing issues. Like even at the most prestigious universities you can think of, there has been at least one or two major hazing issues probably in the past decade like anywhere you think of it's just it's crazy to me like Danielle and I were at um a party maybe during fall semester and we met this girl I'm not gonna name names or whatever but we met this girl and she was like oh I'm in a sorority and it turns out Danielle and this girl are in the same sorority but like different colleges of course so they're kind of like sisters I guess like I don't even know the terms but they're sisters so they're both in theta but this girl was in theta at UCF and um she said that UCF got UCF's Kappa Alpha Theta got um expelled for a while and put on probation because there was some incidents during their bid day of the girls hazing other girls into doing like Smirnoff ices and I guess it's just like a ritual where they just like chug Smirnoff ices and like throw up like I don't know what the fuck goes on but yeah they got caught and just like those girls that you were talking about that like want to do coke on their bid day like this was their thing like doing Smirnoff ice like just drinking until they passed out I guess even though Smirnoff ice is like a pussy drink but whatever like that's not the point the point is they got caught, they got in trouble, they got on probation. Like, even the new members, like, the ones who were being hazed, like, they just joined this sorority, sorry, thinking it's all that thing is the best thing in the world, and they go on probation, and they can't do any events, they can't do any philanthropy, any of that. Like, what the fuck? It's just weird, and it's crazy how fast some bid-day fun can can turn deadly real real fast and it's just so sad and to see these young people just losing their lives to just getting drunk and partying and it's just it's just fucking insane like no way that was never my scene never really was my scene never will be but it's just it's really gross and it's really unsettling but um off of that topic and circling back onto the domestic violence we were mentioning earlier um i read this article called why domestic abuse happens so it's about like why domestic abusers abuse and it's from verywellmind.com and it says in here that like although alcohol and drug abuse is a factor like 
for victims and their abusers, statistics show otherwise and that they believe that alcohol and drug abuse and the relationship it has with domestic violence are two separate issues. Like domestic abuse is not so much about a loss of control as it is about total control, if that makes sense. Like ironically, many many abusers do not see themselves as like perpetrators, but they see themselves as the victims. This is the reasoning it is common among abusers to want to gain control and of a situation and hurt someone, essentially. But the other reasons that this tries to justify abuse, because I'm because nothing justifies abuse, but this is what goes on in an abuser's head, I guess, that it is about the link in their mentality to promote violence and provoke physically forcing someone to conform to their ideals. And this abuse cycle just goes on and on, like from how this article says it, from the build-up phase, which is as the tension builds, the standover phase, which is the verbal attacks increase, the explosion phase, which is a violent outburst occurs, the remorse phase, where he says, you shouldn't have pushed me, it was your fault, the pursuit phase, it will never happen again, I promise, those lies, and then the honeymoon phase, where he says, see, we don't have any problems, and I'm just saying he, because that is the example used in this article, but of course females um, can take that role, sadly, as well, but this is just the what is the example in the article I'm talking about? And where this is mostly psychological and emotional that comes from within of the abuser. So this touches back, even I think two episodes back where we discussed mental health. Like these people were abused or hurt themselves and it hurts them psychologically. So they think they have to abuse and hurt people back to gain control. It is very complicated and it is a very sad scenario very sad situation but that is what goes on and why abusers abuse so again uh we cannot stress this enough but if you are listening and you do need that help we will post the number the website link etc but know that this is never okay and um you can find better (laughs) danielle what do you think Yeah, I think you covered it pretty well, and it does make sense that those people abuse others because they were abused, and that's essentially pretty much all they know, but I don't think that's a good or valid excuse for them, because they can always, like, go to therapy and shit like that. Also, I want to say real quick before we move on to our second topic that we're combining in this episode is that hitting kids should not be acceptable. Hitting kids teaches them that the people that they look up to, the people they fucking love and think that love them back, will hit them. That it's okay to hit others and to hit the people that they love and that they should be afraid of their parents or whoever they look up to, like a guardian, ETC. And instead of yelling and beating your kids, just fucking talk to them, be calm about shit, and just have a conversation with them because that just turns it into a yelling match literally 
And it's so sick that it's normalized and hitting your kids just because your parents used to do it to you. So now you do it to your kids. Like, nah, I can't relate because I'll never hit my future kids. Like, that's not even an option. Even throwing things at them too bit, like, hell nah. <laughs> but anyways, now let's talk about the disability abuse that we mentioned earlier. Um, we re received our first vocal message. Sorry, I'm just laughing because I messed up. <laughs> we received our first vocal message from one of my good friends, Melissa, because I reached out to her since she knows a lot more about this topic, and I'll let her explain disability abuse to y'all. Hey guys, my name is Melissa Barker, and I'm a good friend of Daniel's. I'm a second-year student at the University of Florida. I'm a nursing major and a disabilities minor. Because I have some educational background in disabilities, I'm going to talk today about discrimination that occurs between individuals with disabilities and able-bodied people. These able-bodied people basically think that they can verbally abuse others just because they look or act different from them. First, I'll define what a disability is. According to the Americans with Disabilities Act, or the ADA, an individual with a disability is, quote, a person who has a physical or mental impairment that substantially limits one or more major life activities, a person with a history or record of such an impairment, or a person who is perceived by others as having such an impairment, unquote. This is such a broad scope that encompasses many disabilities, including cerebral palsy, epilepsy, muscular dystrophy, being deaf or blind, and many more. I think that most universities do a good job of making the campus accessible, from ramps to automatic doors to accessible living. I participated in an event called the Accessibility Expo with the Disability Resource Center at UF. At this event, we basically taught students about different disabilities and helped remove stigmas about them. I was actually surprised to see how many people weren't aware of certain things about individuals with disabilities, like discrimination. In terms of discrimination, it can be anything from bullying, to making rude comments. For example, people around me and my sisters will sometimes say phrases like, oh, he's so retarded, which actually really offends me because mental retardation is an actual disability. It's not something we can just make fun of because individuals with disabilities are still people and they deserve to be treated with respect. I have also heard about an instance in which a person with a disability couldn't get to class. In one of the University of Florida's buildings, the doors are not automatic and open outwards. This makes it extremely difficult for a person in a wheelchair to get past that door. In this instance, the student had to wait for 40 minutes, I repeat, 40 minutes until someone else passed by and could open the door for him. He made it very late to class. Something like this to me is completely unacceptable. The way in which the building was constructed did not take into account individuals with disabilities which is a form of discrimination. Lastly, I'd like to talk about the use of service animals for people with disabilities. Blind individuals and individuals with disabilities, such as diabetes or epilepsy, have fully trained service animals. They need them just to get through the day. They are not pets. Able-bodied people have recently taken this to their advantage and register their animals as emotional support animals. The big problem is that emotional support animals or ESAs can be pets and don't have to be fully trained. They are there for emotional support only. ESAs are not allowed anywhere where a normal pet would not be allowed. This includes restaurants and airplanes. The problem with, is that these establishments by law are not allowed to ask the individual about their disability. They must simply allow it. 
I heard of an instance on the news in which an ESA dog actually killed a fully registered service dog on a flight. This is extremely upsetting because individuals with disabilities actually need their service animals for their safety and well-being. People with ESAs have taken advantage of the law that allows service animals to go everywhere with their owners. This is certainly a form of discrimination against individuals with disabilities. I encourage everyone to do research on individuals with disabilities to help make the world a more inclusive place. Also, don't be afraid to simply approach an individual with a disability if you have any questions. They are all very nice from my experience. Hey, Danielle and Megan, what do you guys think? Wow, that was a lot to consider and it definitely all needed to be said. At Stetson, all the buildings are fucking old because they were like built in the 1800s. And most of the buildings are, like, literally not disability accessible. No elevators, no nothing. And for one, Stetson was originally for men, so they probably didn't even let those with a disability go into the school, too. And through my experience, I know people that joked about getting an ESA just to have a pet on campus. I for a while was serious about getting one but then I was like nah I don't really need this and I'm low-key just taking advantage of the system like yeah I'll admit I was gonna do it for the wrong ass reasons but that's character development for you so we all do something wrong and I think it's fine because none of us are perfect none none of us are woke as people say so as long as you realize in the end what you're doing is wrong and you change yourself because of that and try to help others along the way then you're you're fine. (laughs) You're fine. Everyone makes mistakes. Megan, what did you think about Melissa's stance? Yeah, I agree with you, Danielle. In a tweet sent by Jamila Jamil, she said, quote, it is never too late to check yourself and right your wrongs. I used to be slut-shamey, judgmental, and my feminism wasn't intersectional enough. Nobody is born perfectly woke. Listen, read, learn, grow, change, and make room for everyone. We aren't free till all of us are free, end quote. This just is an example of just what you were saying, like just a quick example where we need to judge people based on whether or not they learn from their mistakes, not some magical ability to never make them. People make mistakes and it is just developmental in their character about whether or not they agree that they did make mistakes and learn to right their wrongs. So, but... First of all, back to the voice message from Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. Shout out for that dope-ass voice message. It was so informative, and it even taught me some things I didn't know. Like, I, too, especially enjoyed the part where she mentioned service animals. And I got to admit, like, I am guilty of trying to pet the animals when I see them. Like, yes, I know the puppies are cute and adorable and such hard workers, but that's exactly what they are. Workers. They are not meant for our enjoyment and are strictly to help a disabled person get through the day. I think for able-bodied people, it is so easy to just overlook the impairments of others and whether or not a building is wheelchair accessible, for example. Like, solely because we are selfish beings by nature and turn a blind eye to things that are not our problem. But guys... (laughs) This is our problem. Like, wheelchair accessibility and service animals are just the beginning to the mounds of changes us as society need to make in order to be a better member of society and overall just not a shitty human being. 
limited building architecture is definitely a form of discrimination because it is easier and cheaper for a building to just not make it acceptable to all. And sadly, disabled members of our community also suffer through a world of hurt much more than we can even begin to fathom. I recently saw a post and it discusses using autism as an insult. Like, nah, if you use that as an insult, we cannot be friends because that's fucking disgusting. And when being asked not to use this, they're not trying to limit your freedom of speech. It's just asking you to not be a fucking asshole to other people. And I get it, we're far from perfect. Like, just recognize your mistakes and take the blame and apologize for it. From discrimination to teasing, name-calling, discrimination in health insurance too. Like, even when things get physical where someone can get injured just because they look, sound, talk, or walk different from you is never okay and we needed to start this conversation about how any discrimination is unacceptable and not to be tolerated we as a society need to really do fucking better like oh my god this society is honestly horrible and it it's sad it's sad to clear this up we're not laughing because this is no laughing matter, and frankly, it's not funny, but we're only finding this comical because we're calling y'all out on y'all dumb fucking shit, bro. Like, y'all need to get your shit together and stop being fucking dickheads. Like, I'm just giving, I'm just gonna say it, bro. Like, y'all be saying the the slur, like, retarded, or, like, in a sentence, like, oh, she's so retarded. Like, no. Like Melissa said, mental retardation is an actual thing. Like, and you're just making fun of people for it. Like, you're a bully. Like, that is not okay. Or if someone says, like, oh, she's acting so autistic right now. Like, what? Like, do you even hear yourself speaking? Like, no way. Is that tolerated? We just need to do fucking better because that is in no way okay. Like, if someone were to say that to you and you were in that state, like, you can't help but be who you are and how you were born. Like, if someone's just making fun of you for it, constantly putting you down, like, that is just... It's so sad. And I really do feel for disabled and I can only even... I can't even begin to imagine... All of the bullshit they must go through on a daily basis. I'm sure Melissa knows more than we do about this topic, obviously. But um, I just I just can't even begin to fathom how their lives may be. And on top of that, people just using slurs in a joking manner. And it's just not okay. And it's just so disgusting to see how people think it's okay to just joke and act like this all the time and it's just the next time you hear someone use um retarded or autistic in as a joke or in that sense call them out man like call them out on their shit make them feel uncomfortable because that's what they're doing to disabled people or mentally handicapped people alike like make them feel uncomfortable call them out and let them know that it is not okay that is our purpose here in this podcast like to just 
call people out on their shit basically like this is not okay and we need to start the conversation on this and that's what we've been doing and we just need y'all to continue it even further in your own communities your own social experiences like just keep this going and make people more aware of what they say how they say it and how we need to evolve every day and learn to do better <laughs> yeah the name politics unscripted it's it's funny how we came up with it but that i guess that's a story for another time but we could definitely go on with any and all stories we come across in the news that relates to this but please respond to this episode with your thoughts guys we want to know how y'all feel and if y'all have any other stories or scandals you want mentioned that relate to this like we want to hear them all But that's all the time we have for today's episode, but please stay tuned for our next episode. You already know, drop in every Friday at 12 p.m. noon. Thanks for tuning in, and be sure to support our channel for more awesome content coming your way. Also, if you would like to submit your own voice message, please um, contact us either through our email um, or DM us on Instagram to um, talk about what you would like to be talked about in the next episode so that we can put your input in we love your input we love starting the conversation with all of our listeners so please if that's something you're interested in please give us a shout and catch y'all next time on politics unscripted